We are in a sermon series right now that reflects the uh, affirmations of the Evangelical Covenant Church. We as new community Covenant Bronzeville, um, we are a part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. So we thought it would be um, important for the church to um, know uh, what the affirmations and beliefs of our church are um, and also to follow after those as we live out um, our lives in Christian community. So I am bringing up the rear with the reality of freedom in Christ. Um, So if you can open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, we'll be reading today from Galatians chapter 5. And when you have found it, if you can stand to honor the reading of God's word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and then we'll drop down to verses 13 through, through 16. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. This is the word of the Lord. You can have your seats. For freedom, Christ has set us free. If you can bow your heads and pray with me at this time. Holy Spirit, these your people have come and gathered in this place today to hear a word from on high. Father, I stand weak before you as clay on the potter's wheel, as the dust of the earth. I stand before a great and marvelous God seeking to do the will that you have called me to do. And so I stand in this place knowing that I am only a broken vessel. And I ask that you would give me the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to speak your word to these, your people. Father, I pray that you would touch the hearts of these that have gathered in this place. I pray, O oh God, that you would open their hearts and their ears and their minds to see and to know and to understand today what freedom really means. Freedom in Christ is what we desire freedom to know and to be loved by you. And so this morning, God, open our spiritual ears, open our hearts and our minds, till the soil of the hardened heart, O God, that it might be soft and moldable and pliable before you this morning. Pour into us your truth. Take my words and translate them into 
the language of the hearts of these, your people. Father, I have prepared and I have studied and I have done the work, my part of the work. And so now in this place today, Father, I ask that you would complete the work. Father, I pray that these words would ring true in the hearts of your people. I pray that lives would be transformed. I pray that people would be set free. I pray that none would leave your presence the same. But I pray that each would be transformed by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. Do not disappoint these your people this morning. In Jesus' name, this is my prayer. Amen. For freedom, Christ has set us free. In Western culture, freedom conjures up images of autonomy and independence. There is the freedom from the enslavement of your parents' rules when you finally go off to college. There is the freedom of being able to drive so your parents don't have to drop you off at the mall with your friends anymore. Freedom is your first apartment as a young adult so you don't have to live under your your parents' ridiculous curfew hours post-college. Freedom is one week's vacation away from your nagging boss. Freedom is deliverance from massive student loan and credit card debt. Freedom is the last kid going off to college and becoming an empty nester. Freedom is driving down the highway in a drop top with the the wind blowing through your hair. But today we will talk about what the Bible has to say about true freedom. True freedom, as we will see today, has more to do with the quality of your relationship with God and the community of people that surround you. As we talk about Christian freedom, I want you to think today about your life as it relates to God and the people that God has surrounded you with. That could be people at work, at home, in your family, in your neighborhood, and in your church. So today, as we talk about community, think about those people that God has surrounded you with in your life. Verse 1 of our text this morning, for freedom, Christ has set us free. I like how this passage starts because it teaches us that this is the reason that Christ died on the cross. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Jesus died on an old rugged cross because he desired that we would have life and life more abundantly. God must have a really high view of freedom because we see all over the Bible the intervention of God because of bondage and lack of freedom. God sent Moses to the backside of a desert to prepare him and cultivate him to lead the Israelites out of 400 years of slavery. God sent Elijah to the widow who was enslaved to debt upon her husband's death. God prevented her children from being enslaved by her creditors as he multiplied her little bit of oil. God led the remnant of Israel home from Babylonian enslavement and oppression. There was the woman who lived a life of bondage and isolation because of her issue of blood. But as Jesus was passing by, she took advantage of an opportunity to be set free. And Jesus could have let her touch him in secrecy. But he called her out so that all would know that he was concerned for those that live in bondage. 
Then there was the woman who was enslaved under the male-dominated society of her day. When caught in adultery, it was she and not the man with her who was brought before Jesus to be stoned to death for her sin. But Jesus halted the execution and freed her from bondage. I am also reminded of a people from the rich continent of Africa who were, trained, who were chained and carried across the Atlantic Ocean to the land of the free, oxymoronic, to be held as chattel slaves for generations. But God saw their plight and heard their cries for freedom. And on January 1st, 1863, the perfect storm of a civil war and the work of abolitionists cost freedom from the status of property from for some three million slaves in the United States of America. It is for freedom that these were set free. God cares intensely about the freedom of his people. Freedom is the power to live out the life Christ died to give you. Freedom is ours because of his death on the cross. We don't have to beg for freedom. We don't have to plead for freedom. It belongs to us right now. Our responsibility is to live into the freedom that we already possess. So what exactly does it mean to live in Christian freedom? So glad you asked. Three things I want to highlight this morning about Christian freedom from the text. One, uh, when you live a life of Christian freedom, it displays the love. Your life displays the love of Christ. When you live a life of Christian freedom, it means serving one another. And thirdly, when you live a life of Christian freedom, it means living a life guided by the Spirit. And so also we must understand this morning that authentic freedom means freedom from, but also freedom to. Freedom from something and then freedom to something else. It's not authentic freedom unless they occur successively. The Israelites were freed from the Egyptians to the promised land. The Babylonians were freed from exile to rebuild the ruins of Jerusalem. True freedom is to be freed from something to something else. Jesus removed the legion of imps from the demon-possessed man living in the cemetery. Before being cast out of the man, the legion of demons asked to be cast into a herd of pigs. They were being freed from something and knew they had to be freed to something else. And so when we talk about Christian freedom, we must know that freedom from, with, with no freedom to, will only lead to another type of enslavement. So we are being freed from bondage, one, to display the love of Christ, two, to serve one another, and three, to live a life guided by the Spirit. Thanks. Perfect. Verse 13. For you were called to freedom. For you were called to freedom. 
Before you experienced freedom in Christ, you were called and you were chosen by God to receive it. When you first believed that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior, it was because of an invitation. It was because of a call to freedom. This is a display of the love of Christ. It is a display of the love of God that you were chosen and accepted by him when you were unacceptable to him by your own merit. We are by nature an evil people, we learned this weekend on our retreat. And thus our lives are not worthy of the acceptance of a perfect God. But he chose to accept us into his family via the death of his son on a cross. And so living out our Christian freedom means that we are called to display this love of Christ and the acceptance in our world. I, uh, maybe about two uh, weekends ago, um, went to uh, visit a friend. um, And uh, this friend is in the process of uh, adopting a child. And um, I asked her permission to share um, a little bit of her story because it just makes this point um, really clear today about being called to freedom and being called to adoption uh, in Christ. Um, This uh, friend of mine had um, a child that she uh, was interested in adopting and was in the process of adopting. And in 2011, um, throughout the fall and the winter, um, this child was sent to the hospital and her lungs were almost 100% full of fluid. Um, and uh, this child, correct me if I'm wrong, Renee, um, when I say this, uh, this child was on an ECMO machine. Um, an ECMO machine is a machine um, by which there are only about five of them that exist in the nation. This machine comes with its own staff and nurses uh, to even care for this machine. Um, And so her child lay in the hospital, the child that she uh, was attempting to adopt. Um, She lay in the throes of of death as she lay in this bed. Um, And so her community and her family and her church and her friends commenced to praying for this child. And I went to visit her two weeks ago, and it is crazy that This child that we were praying for who was knocking on death's door was walking around laughing and talking and smiling and playing. Um, And and so the status of this child is that she has, um, she's fed internally and has tubes coming from her her abdomen. She has uh, scars on her neck um, from where she was trached. Uh, One of her eyes is a lazy eye and she has to um, wear a patch. Um, she is on round-the-clock meds um, 24 hours a day. There may be four different times a day that this child needs to be medicated. And um, there are some that said to this friend of mine, you were thinking about adopting this child, but surely now, surely now, is this really the child that you still want to adopt and love and call into your home, into your heart, into your house? And her response was, yes. And as I think about her story, I, I, I am in a ma- I'm imagining this child 
two weekends ago, running after my friend and, and her husband, calling them mommy and daddy, knowing that she's been, though the official paperwork has not been completed, knowing that she is adopted into this family and that these people love her and have made a decision to care for her. This child senses that she has been adopted by these people that are caring for her. Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would choose to accept and adopt and love a thing that starts out broken? Surely in our lives, we can think about situations and places where we try to do preventative maintenance so that we are not in broken relationships and broken friendships and experience brokenness in our world. But who would choose? She and her husband, they do have a choice. And they have chosen to display the love of Christ and accept and adopt the orphan as their own, as the love of God calls us to do. They are an example of people living out Christian freedom. Christian freedom is knowing that we have been adopted by God in spite of ourselves and choosing to offer others that very same acceptance. Verse 13, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. True freedom, the freedom of Christ, cannot be revealed in your life in isolated independence because it only works in community. True freedom, the freedom of Christ, cannot be revealed in isolation. It only works in community. So when I was studying this text, in my notes I wrote next to these words in parentheses, that sucks. So that was not intended to be part of my sermon, but just thought I would share how I really feel about that. True freedom cannot be revealed in your life in isolated independence because it only works in community. The Christian as a self-sufficient being is oxymoronic. That's my new favorite word, oxymoronic. The Christian as a self-sufficient being is oxymoronic. Our sufficiency is in Christ. So when we call ourselves Christian, that means we accept our placement in the family of God, placement in the body of Christ. When we live out our freedom in Christ, it involves being grafted in to a body of believers. This is countercultural to our American society. But freedom in Christ is really an acceptance of interdependence within the body. Freedom in Christ, life in Christ, are found in the family of God. Freedom in Christ can only exist within the context of other people. Okay, newsflash, can I be honest? <laughs> I don't really like people. I would much rather exist on a secluded island with a few of my favorite people and nerves and get cast off my island. 
I'm just saying. Just saying. I hear you. I hear you. You're saying, how in the world can Ramelia be called into ministry? And she doesn't like people. I keep asking God the same question. So if he answers you first, give me a clue. Give me a clue. So I'm being a little melodramatic here, but the reality is relationships are messy. They can be hurtful. They can be a source of anger and frustration. They can cause bitterness to take root in your heart. Like the movie from the 90s portrayed, there's a thin line between love and hate. Relationships can wound you in places that cannot be consoled with Hello Kitty band-aids. Hurtful exchanges can damage to the point of no return. And so for these reasons, sometimes people and relationships can be a source of great anxiety for me. But the truth of the gospel is that freedom in Christ, freedom in Christ for you and for me is found on the other side of the messiness of relationships. Freedom in Christ is found on the other side of the pain through the vehicle of relationships. Relationships restored and new relationships found. I'm in the midst of a training, and this training will prepare me to facilitate support groups for victims, of, victims and survivors of domestic abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. The foundation of this training is built upon this theology— That freedom for abuse victims will be found in the very context of the thing that hurt them. It was an abuse of authority in relationships that caused the hurt of these victims. And only relationships in community is what God desires to use to heal and to restore Loving and serving one another in community is the ultimate commandment that fulfills all the others. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Loving, serving, and forgiving one another in community is where I will find freedom for my life. Loving, serving, and forgiving the community of people Christ has called me to is where I will find freedom. When I am actively loving and serving and forgiving my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers, and my family, I am living in freedom. And this is an act of worship. It is an act of worship because it is a fragrant offering to God when the reason he sent his son to die is being fulfilled in my life and in your life. It is an act of worship because it is for freedom. That he set us free. In other words, it is an act of freedom. Because it is for this freedom that he died on the cross. Verse 16. 
It reads, live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Live by the Spirit. The freedom to live by and follow the Spirit means God may ask you to do something different than the way it has always been done. God gave Peter a vision with sheets that contained animals that were forbidden to be eaten by Jewish law. But in this vision, God was telling Peter to kill and to eat these animals. The interpretation of the dream was that Peter should no longer despise people that were different from him, people that ate meat. But he was to go to them and preach, for the good news was also for them, them that lived in a culture different from his own. Thus, ministry to the Gentiles or non-Jewish nations begun. Peter walked in freedom as he was free to follow the Spirit of God into this new dimension. The Bible says that God gave Paul of Tarsus a visitation on the road to Damascus. Saul was a loyal Jew who sat on the highest Jewish councils. This new Christian theology was suspect to him. And so the council defended the Jewish faith by persecuting those who professed belief in this new Christian sect. But on the road to Damascus, Saul's name was changed to Paul. He was given the opportunity to choose to follow after the Spirit. Paul faced the challenge to choose between following the leading of God or staying in his comfort zone. In his comfort zone, he would not experience the freedom of Christ. Saul converted to Paul and chose to live in the freedom of Christ. And so sometimes living by the Spirit can be a cause for fear. As God may lead you to go against the grain or do something that is out of the ordinary for you. And one of my sheroes, Harriet Tubman, um, illustrates this point for me. Via about 18 trips on the Underground Railroad from the north to the south, she freed 300 slaves. And just a little side note for you, this has nothing to do with my sermon. Um, but she was the first woman in American history, not the first African-American woman, but she was the first woman in American history to lead a military campaign. This was in the mid-19th century during the Civil War. Harriet Tubman uh, was, I, I would say employed, but some say she never really got paid for the work that she did. Um, but she was a spy for the Union Army and helped to free over 700 slaves during the war. She was a bad mamma jamma. <laughs> I like Harriet Tubman. And once when Harriet Tubman was asked about the Underground Railroad, she was reflecting on her efforts. And she thought back and she looked back. And they talked about the fact that she had freed 300 slaves. And she said, you know, I could have freed more if only they wanted to be free. If only they wanted to be free. 
So this morning, I want to ask the question, where in your life might you be fearful of moving at the Spirit's leading? Do you fear freedom? Do you fear following after the very calling of your faith to live in freedom? It is not easy to live in freedom. Our flesh wants legalistic, black and white, right and wrong boundaries to live by. This is my box. So this text calls us this morning to live by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Do you want to be free? If you want to be free, that means a call to follow the leading of the Spirit, even if it causes you to enter a paradigm shift. And so this morning, God says there is no need to fear because I have chosen you. God says there is no need to fear because I am with you. God says there is no need to fear because I am a sovereign God. God says there is no need to fear because I will strengthen you. God says there is no need to fear because I will help you. Living in freedom means being led by the Spirit of God. For the sake of freedom, Christ has set us free. I want to take us back to the first verse as I close. For the sake of freedom, Christ has set us free. For the sake of freedom, Christ has set us free. Paul wrote this letter, which we took our text from, to the Galatians. The Galatians were being infiltrated by false teachers who were trying to get them to abide by the old Jewish customs like circumcision. And they were telling them that this was the way to be truly accepted by God. Paul's intent in this letter was to prove that freedom and acceptance by God already belonged to them because of the work of the cross. He was teaching them that fulfilling the expectations of others was not a requirement for pleasing God. Fulfilling others' expectations is not a requirement for pleasing God. Like the Galatians, we face so many expectations that we are called to live up to in our world today. Our parents expect us to be successful according to their own developed definitions. People expect us to keep up with the Joneses in order to be accepted in their social circles. Our bosses expect us to give all our time and energy at the job with little concern for time spent away from family and children. Our children expect us to be sheroes and heroes with endless energy and the magic touch to fix every hurt. Our fast-paced, technology-driven culture demands that we exist in more circles and interact with more people than we have time to or make time to build authentic relationships with. This letter to the Galatians can speak to us as well. 
This text challenges us to refocus our attention from the expectations of this world and to the reality of our freedom in Christ. This freedom allows us to love and serve our community and live a life led by the Spirit. Christ died for the Gentile Christians of Galatia, and Christ died for us. Knowing that it would be impossible to live up to everyone else's expectations. God wants us to live in freedom and not enter emotional bondage when we don't measure up. We should not use this freedom from guilt as a license to be selfish and self-centered, but as an opportunity to display love by serving our brothers and sisters. When we do this, we are being led by the Spirit, and that is pleasing to God. The law, the thou shalt not of the Bible, can only point out my sinful ways. But freedom in Christ... That means I am free to be forgiven and try again. Freedom means that the promises of God are mine. If you want to know freedom and have freedom in your life, the only way you can find it is in Christ. One of the commentaries I read as I was studying this text said, The realm of freedom is the space God has created by calling the church into being. The realm of freedom is the space God has created by calling the church into being. And so we, the church of Christ, are called to live into and walk through this freedom. Freedom from societal expectations. Freedom from a guilty conscience because of your sin. Freedom from selfish desires are to be found in displaying the love of God serving one another, and being led by the Spirit of Christ. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to your children this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that this morning, that every child of God in this building would know that you died to set them free. It is for freedom that you climbed up on an old rugged cross. It is for the purpose of us having the ability to live a life of abundance, to live lives in community, to display the love of Christ in this world, and to be free to follow after the Spirit of God. This, this, this is true freedom. And so this morning, God, we come asking that you would pour out into us that you would pour out into us and lead us and guide us into the freedom that you died for us to have. It is this freedom that we desire within this community. 
collectively with the evangelical church of Christ. God, we desire to know and to experience and to walk in the reality of true freedom, to not just accept the world's freedom that says we independently exclude ourselves and live on our own and make our own way and do it how we desire to do it. But God, your love compels us. Your love compels us. The love that, the love that, that, that filled you up and made you climb on the cross is the love that compels us to live a life that displays the love of Christ. And so God, this morning we submit. We submit to your will for us, oh God. We desire to live lives of freedom, but we acknowledge that we don't know how to live lives of freedom without your help. And so God, in this moment, I ask that you would be moving and transforming and shaping our hearts so that we are moved and compelled to love our neighbors, to truly display the love of Christ sacrificially, to deny ourselves, to deny our flesh, to choose to be led by the power of your Holy Spirit, to choose to make decisions that, are, that, are, that might be difficult to make. God, shape boldness in our hearts this morning, boldness to step out on faith and to do the thing that you have called us to do. And then, God, I ask that you would touch those this morning who are, who are fearful of living in community, who are fearful of moving to the other side of difficult relationships. What stands before them is is the mess of it and the ugliness of it all. And there's no ability to see the other side. What does it look like? Surely this is all there is. Surely this is the way that it has to be. I can't expect it to be any different. But I serve a God who has proved through the generations that death brings new life. Death brings new life. Death ushers new life. Because I know that about the awesome God that I serve, that he's able to take a three-day dead Jesus and raise him to be lifted up and to live on high. Because that is the God I serve. I stand here now and I believe that you, oh God, are able to take the deadness of relationships and breathe ruah, new breath, the breath of life. And so this day I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus restoration to every broken relationship in the building. 
God, I decree and I declare the freedom of Christ over these, your people. Freedom to live and to have and to take possession of the freedom that you died to give us. We are Christians. We are Christ-like. We are the children of God because you decided a freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. And so, God, I decree and declare that we will not leave this earth. (laughs) I decree and declare that we will not leave this earth without taking possession of the thing you died to give us. God, I pray that you would soften hard hearts. God, I pray that you would soften hard hearts. This work is not too impossible for you. This work is not too impossible for you. In this place and in this space, even now, God, do your work. Do what only you can do, God. We come confessing that we are, we are unable to do it in our own being, God. We are weak. We are ashes and we are dust. But we give you free reign. And those who desire right now in your heart just ask that God would would heal you and that he would make freedom available for you. Pray and ask in your heart right now that God would give you the words to say. That God would present the opportunity for you to step into new life. To step into freedom. He's that kind of God. And if you ask him right now, he will deliver. He is the God who can set free. He is the God that said, I I came to find a broken heart. I came to heal the wounded spirit. I came to set the blind man free. And I came to loose the chains of the one who is bound. And so this morning I decree and declare that if you ask God for freedom, that in this moment you have been set free. Free to love, free to worship, free to display the love of Christ, free to live in community free to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, we thank you. We honor you. We thank you and we honor you for an encounter with a Christ this morning. Not an encounter with a Christ who exists in a book that we call the Bible, but a Christ who is moving and living and active in this building this morning. And so this morning, God, we say thank you for the work that you've already done. We can't see it, but God, we believe you for it because you are a God who takes death and creates new life and freedom. It is in the name of that God that we pray this morning. Amen.
that, and, and something has been brought to mind uh, during this sermon. So what we'll do is the band is just going to play quietly, and I would ask that, uh, that you would stay if you want to remain in worship and silent prayer. Uh, some prayer team members will be up front. They would love to pray for you. Romelia would pray for you. I would pray for you. If you're ready to go, if you're ready to, to go meet and greet some folks, I just ask that you please leave quietly and then uh, and then just hang out in the in the back lobby there. Again, don't rush off. If you've heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about freedom, about the freedom that is yours in Jesus, please stay. Allow the worship to wash over you. Allow somebody to pray for you this morning. And so the benediction, uh, do you guys remember the, the love is section of the newspaper? Used to cut them out and give them to your boyfriend or your girlfriend in high school. Um, I don't know if they still have those in the paper. But anyway, uh, this morning I want to declare what freedom is. Freedom is the ability to approach, to approach God without fear that he would reject you. Freedom is peace with God. Freedom is accepting the forgiveness of God. Freedom is accepting the forgiveness of others. Freedom is the God of the universe accepting you just as you are. Freedom is displaying the love of God. Freedom is loving and serving your neighbor. And freedom is being led by the Holy Spirit. And so now, Father, I pray that you would send out into the world these, your people that you love. God, I pray that they would find your freedom. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide their footsteps this week. I pray that this week they would encounter your faithfulness. I pray that this week they would know that they are accepted by the God of the universe who died to set them free. And so, God, we thank you and we love you and we desire to serve you. Take our hands and our feet and cause them to be useful to you. In Jesus' name, go in peace.